From the pinnacle of the media landscape, this is Market Edge. Join your host, Larry Weber, as he discovers the answers from analysts, entrepreneurs, and technologists who are preparing the blueprints for the future of marketing. Hear from those who are taking us to a new age of social media, e-communities, and the blogosphere. blogosphere. Now, please welcome your host of Market Edge, Larry Weber. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Market Edge. I'm your host, Larry Weber, chairman of W2 Group global marketing services ecosystem organized to help CMOs in their new role as builders of communities and content aggregators. It's an exciting show yet again today because today we'll be talking about a topic dear to my heart and I know to yours, listeners, the future of mobile marketing with John San Giovanni, co-founder of one of the hottest companies in the country right now, Zumobi. It's a Seattle-based mobile company that lets people access and share web-based content on a mobile phone in a new way. More about that later from John. I should also disclose that Zumobi is a client of mine. Before co-founding Zumobi, John was technical evangelist and program manager for none other than Microsoft Research, where he managed external academic research funding in the areas of mobile technology and user interfaces. In his role, he filed several patents concerning information visualization, hardware interfaces, and interaction techniques for next-generation mobile devices, some of which provide the foundation for Zumobi's core user experience. Before joining Microsoft, John worked on the Advanced Technology Learning Solutions team at PPI Knowledge Universe and worked in studio entertainment for the Walt Disney Company. Welcome to Market Edge, John. Hello, it's great to be on the show. Hey, John, why don't we start just the, in the simplest way. Could you describe to our listeners who are you know, mostly marketing and business people exactly what Zumobi is up to? Sure, would be happy to. So um, I think that you know, in, in uh, your writings and conversations, you've characterized appropriately that the, the universe of mobile technology is shifting with an increasing focus on the user experience. How do you delight the user and introduce sort of dramatic experiences that are very cool and interesting and engaging to the user. So we started uh, this as a research project, as you mentioned, within the halls of Microsoft Research now about four or five years ago to really think about um, how to refresh the way that you consume content on a mobile phone. So, uh, you know, typically consuming content on a mobile phone is usually a, a list, a, lo- a long list of textual items that you'll pop out to. And even the devices that do have full fidelity browsers, um, it's a very desktop-centric browsing experience with lots of round trips to the networks. And even though the networks are getting faster, the latency is still very slow. So these were all the problems that we really wanted to address with an elegant design-centric solution um, that we call Zumobi. So Zumobi was a company that was actually uh, spun out of Microsoft Research. We took those patents and spun them out of Microsoft as a completely independent entity now in downtown Seattle um, that's focused on creating a completely new platform for uh, marketing and and, uh, sponsored mobile content on a phone. So we use mobile widgets. So we have a really cool zooming user interface where you pick 16 tiles, uh, these little widgets, that speak to your lifestyle. So if you're a sports nut, you might have a handful of sports tiles. Um, if you're you know, interested in stocks, you might have a stock tile. We also have tiles from a bunch of social networking sites like Flickr. And so you basically pull all these into your own, we call it a Zoom space of 16 tiles. And by using this really cool high frame rate video game style renderer, you fly into and out of that content 
and sort of snack on little nuggets of information. And we've wrapped it all up in this really um, very, very cool user interface and user experience that's informed by literally decades of um, uh, information visualization research from my co-founder, Professor Ben Bederson at the University of Maryland. Um, so it's a very, very cool user experience. And, of course, it's free to the consumer because all these tiles are sponsored by a partner. Uh, so it ends up being a really nice ecosystem for mobile marketing as well. Hey, I might as well, I was going to save this question, but as long as you brought up the tiles, um, I've been wondering, you know, about that. It's free to the consumer, but, you know, who's in charge of my face, my mobile Facebook experience or my mobile Flickr experience? Is that the company itself instead of Zumobi? You guys are just giving basically the platform? Yeah, good question. We, there's actually three different scenarios. So we, the, uh, the first version of Zumobi was actually built together in partnership with um, agencies and brands. So there's three different types of tiles in our universe. One tile is um, just a you know an, an indie tile. Any any developer can go to dev.zumobi.com and pull down our public SDK and party on that and create um, tile experiences using any public APIs that they see. Um, so that's kind of really to try try and drive the long tail of content generation. The second type of tile is a more traditional content tile where. For example, we have a relationship with, um, with AP News and with MTV and a bunch of other brands that actually serve content, and then we're just going to um, serve a banner ad along that tile. So that's a more traditional sort of content advertising partnership, and we monetize that with standard you know, CPM um, uh, inventories. And then the third one is this concept of a full tile, and this is a tile that doesn't have a brand banner because the entire tile is really an experience created by a brand to really create a brand experience for the for the end user. So examples of that would be like uh, we have a tile for Mountain Dew, and we have uh, we did a partnership with Mike with Nike, and we have a bunch of Amazon.com tiles um, that are all really uh, the, the whole tile is basically a sponsored experience that makes the connects the user with the brand. So those are the three scenarios. In the case of Facebook, that might be something that we would build in house, leveraging Facebook's back end infrastructure because those APIs are all public. Cool. It totally makes sense. Now. Let's step back just one second and give our listeners some context about the mobile market itself. I mean, we hear, you know, that the U.S. is a little behind places like Asia and uh, Europe, and and I'm not sure that's quite right right now. But um, maybe from your perspective, a little bit about the evolution of this market and where are we now? Are we still in the ocean or have we evolved legs? Uh, you know, are we standing upright? Where, where, where does John San Giovanni think we are in the the evolution of mobile marketing. That's actually a great analogy. I think we've just we've just plunged our foot into the first patch of sand, um, <laughs> and we're sort of you know finding our way. I wouldn't quite. I don't think we're on dry sand yet, but I think we're finding our way. And um, in fact, I, I think that the international market, although there are there are huge differences regionally based on largely on the the social dynamics of how consumers in these different geographic markets use mobile devices and how they think of them. Um, you know, there's certain uh, certain geographies where users are less likely to, or are more likely to use data services and and you know non-voice cellular services. And then there are other markets like the U.S. and parts of Europe where um, voice is uh, is central. So I think that that is going to drive, particularly when you're talking about sponsored content, that's going to be a characteristic that will drive um, more or less use. However, I agree with what you said before. I actually think that um, thanks to some of the increasing innovations around um, user experience kind of mobile gaming, and also, frankly, advertising innovation, a lot of that is, is happening 
uh, in the domestic market, even though the users, uh, for example, in South Korea and Asia are, are much more sophisticated in their, um, you know, their handsets and the networks deploy more quickly, the reality is that experiences like the iPhone and an uh, increasing number of, um, of cool you know, brand campaigns are really driving the leading edge of, of innovation. And a lot of those campaigns are coming out of North America. So I think that's an exciting twist. But, um, but yeah, I think sort of to answer your question, I would describe us um, in, the, in the second major phase. So I think we've spent the first phase really thinking about this device largely as a phone and, you know, internationally even thinking of it as a phone. And now we're, we're shifting over to where we're seeing the devices in this category are actually becoming category killers in other segments, like we're seeing devices that have hardware accelerated graphics that are starting to become a first-tier portable gaming device and, you know, a, a first-tier device for consuming movies or music or surfing the web. And I think that that is a fundamental shift. We use this word convergence. We overuse it in our industry, but I think that this is actually an important point in time when we're starting to really see devices like the iPhone and other next-generation gener devices from Microsoft and Google and others to really drive that shift in a very formal way, and users are, are using devices and thinking about them differently. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I don't think it's um, – uh, I don't have the scientific research, but uh, every time I'm in an airport, which is a lot lately, uh, there sure seems to be a lot fewer uh, business people taking laptops out of their bags, you know, uh, because they aren't carrying them. And they're, you know, they have their other portable devices that they're using for all their, you know, sort of entertainment and business needs. It's very insightful. I, t I completely agree as these devices converge. And I think we're in this sort of intermediate state where people, you know, still sort of have their laptop. And they, in some cases, for a short trip, they'll just bring their BlackBerry or their iPhone on a trip and be able to do messaging and web surfing from that, even, you know, even in the evenings from the hotel room. But I think that there's, there's another shift that's going to happen, you know, probably over the course of the next five years. Who knows exactly when it's going to happen, when there's going to be a shift where your primary computing device Will be uh, will be your mobile device, and it might it might mate up with a you know desktop size keyboard, monitor, and mouse that's in a location when you want to do some stationary computing. But I think that we've, we're already seeing this trend in a dramatic way in markets like India and China, where the phone is really your primary computing device. And although it might take different forms and different modes of use, I think that that's the next major phase, which really hasn't happened yet. Uh, particularly in North America, but I think that you know when we look back a thousand years from now uh, and look at the role that computing has played, I think that you know this personal mobile device that you carry on your person will really be universally viewed as your primary computing device, and the whole the whole you know three four decades of desktop and portable laptop computing will be viewed as a footnote compared to the the revolution that these mobile devices have caused. I, I couldn't agree with you more, and it had to start somewhere, so we at least uh, thank our, our computing and laptop uh, inventors. But uh, some of the major challenges, John, facing the mobile market, and maybe from a general sense, um, give, give those to us. But also, I want to pick on one group that I'm not sure is helping uh, move this market along, and that would be the carriers in this country. So uh, would you mind to comment? I know you have to be nice, but, you know. <laughs> sure. Well, uh, no, that's, that's very true. I mean, I think the biggest challenge overall um, is that it's just a very, very complex ecosystem. In many ways, because it's an infrastructure-focused consumer product, um, that it relies on a bunch of major players. And so, you know, unlike the computer industry, where you could largely buy a computer as a shrink-wrapped object, and there was the sort of beginnings of an ecosystem around independent software developers, but for the most part it was a fairly simple equation in its early days. 
the, the cellular market, of course, there's the OEMs, there's the, the infrastructure players, and now just as significantly as the platform players. So, you know, the Microsofts and Googles and Blackberries of the world. So all these different, um, there's a lot of moving parts because each of these players are absolutely convinced that they own the end user's experience at the end of the day. And it's, it's an absolute nightmare for the fourth pillar of this ecosystem, which is software developers, including agencies and brands. It's a nightmare. So, I mean, that's really, that, all those complexities are one of the reasons why we, you know, introduced our technology the way that we did in the sense that if you create one of our mobile widgets, you know, a tile, then that tile by design is architecturally cross-device, cross-platform, cross-carrier. And even though we're focused really on, on these smartphone-class devices for knowledge workers, you know, Blackberries, Windows, mobile devices, devices like that, um, you, you're, you know, sort of when you write this tile, then it's very transportable between these different platforms and even viral between the different platforms. So we're trying to sort of uh, abstract some of those complexities inherently. Um, I do think that the uh, – I will say, actually, in good faith, that the carriers, um, to their credit, are starting to really wake up and realize that um, there's a tide that's happening and they need to either embrace it or get out of the way. And most of the carriers with whom we've spoken have actually been quite surprised to, to see how open they are to sort of embrace a, uh, an open environment like Zumobi because from their perspective, this, this is going to happen anyways. And, you know, in this way, a partnership with us lets them continue to participate and dip their toe into the universe of mobile marketing um, without having to engineer, a, you know, an incredibly complex solution like we have over the last four years. So I think that I do agree that, I mean, you know, the, the carriers get a lot of grief from everyone, um, some of which is deserved, but I have to say that they are, um, you know, there's a lot of smart people in the walls of the carriers as well, and I think that they're really trying to adapt as quickly as they can to the new world. We saw an announcement recently that Verizon Wireless was opening up more of its platform, quote-unquote. What does that exactly mean to people like Zumobi and other, you know, uh, mobile uh, you know, marketing applications? Well, the good news from our perspective, and I think that announcement probably means more to uh, makers of lower-end software applications like you know, mobile games, for example, than it does to an ecosystem uh, player like us because we, you know, one of the shifts that we saw when we started this effort you know, now, now four years ago was how devices were really shifting out of the dirt, and, of course, iPhone has accelerated that. Um, and so now that these devices that are you know, $50 or in some cases even free with service, they have a full fidelity operating system on them, whether it's BlackBerry or Windows Mobile or whatever. So the, in terms of the barriers to entry, we actually have experienced many less barriers to entry because we're focused on this device like the BlackBerry Pearl or the Blackjack from, Windows, you know, from, from Samsung and Windows Mobile that really penetrate deeply, not just in the enterprise segment, but deeply into the consumer segment um, because those have full operating systems we can actually distribute Zumobi directly from get.zumobi.com without actually necessarily needing blessing from the carrier to which that user might be subscribed. Um, so we haven't run into a lot of the same bottlenecks that other software developers have just because we've kind of very strategically been focused on this very specific prosumer segment of the market. Got it. We're going to take a short break right now for a commercial, so please stand by, and we'll be right back with John San Giovanni from Zumobi and more of this fascinating con uh, conversation about the future of mobile devices and mobile marketing. Market Edge will continue in just a moment. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. 
Established in 1998 and formerly known as Joe Bucks, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. Can you believe how long it takes to order food here? Uh, here we go. Excuse me. She's not even looking over here. Great service is hard to come by. Whether you're sitting at a bar, restaurant, or creating effective search advertising campaigns. Um, excuse me. I think we need to go somewhere else. It's easy to feel forgotten, especially when your advertising budget is on the line. LookSmart serves up to 400 million queries a day with a side of the best customer service in the online advertising industry. Hi, how are y'all doing today? What can I get you folks to eat? You were right. This place is so much better. LookSmart, premium and performance advertising solutions. Um, hello. Uh, welcome to our website. Website traffic isn't about paying for clicks. Okay, so I guess we're going to wait until everyone shows up and then we'll... Uh, um... It's about having the right content. So while you're searching for more traffic, the folks at InfoSearch Media are creating the content people are searching for. With InfoSearch Media, you can get more traffic for less money than PPC. So the next time you need to speak to your customers... Welcome to our website. They're already searching for you. InfoSearch Media. Get content that really clicks. Okay, so you're telling me that if I put the Go Currency Converter on my site, all my international customers can see how much they're paying in their own currency? Yeah. GoCurrency.com has free currency converters, language translations, international clocks, everything you need to do international business. So how does it work? Conversion elves. Conversion elves? Yeah, watch. Want to know what this will cost in euros? Check this out. Listen up, elves. We got one. $34 US. I need that in euros. Now, people. <laughs> We got it. Put it up there, elves. Wow. Currency elves. Who knew? GoCurrency.com. Free currency converters, language translations, and more. GoCurrency.com. The whoring of Facebook for promotional purposes continues with the WebmasterRadio.fm Facebook fan page. Join our fans by clicking the Facebook logo on the WebmasterRadio.fm homepage and keep up to date with all the latest. Become a fan on Facebook. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. From the pinnacle of the marketing landscape, we now return to Market Edge. Once again, here's your host, Larry Weber. Welcome back to Market Edge. This is your host, Larry Weber, and we're here today with John San Giovanni, a founder of Zumobi, uh, one of the hottest companies in the mobile marketing space based out in Seattle. John, I gotta—I I was not going to ask you this question, but you know I've been seeing a lot of them around, so I have to do it. First, what do you think of the iPhone and its future? And second, what impact, if any, does it have on what Zoomobi's doing? And it's a great question. Um, I actually think that the iPhone is a very important product in the landscape of the industry. Um, and you know, Apple and Steve Jobs, in their typical fashion, sort of changed the game by introducing a very dramatic product into the marketplace. And um, you know, from our perspective, you know, when I close my mind, when I close my eyes and think about the ideal device to target with, you know, exciting sponsored mobile experiences, it's a very small, very high frame rate device with a direct manipulation touchscreen and a and hardware accelerated graphics. And I just described the iPhone. So we've been dreaming about a device like this in the marketplace for a number of years, and are very excited that it's that it's here. Um, so I think from that perspective, I think it will, 
you know, something interesting happened this last year in the sense that not too many handsets were introduced at either GSM World Congress or CTIA last week. And I think one of the reasons for that is that a lot of the OEMs and platform vendors have seen that, you know, iPhone really pushed the envelope of, you know, the, the amount of hardware and technology that you can shoehorn into a fairly small physical envelope. And so they've actually pulled back, I think, some of their intermediate designs to really come up with something a little bit more dramatic and a little bit closer to the hardware of the iPhone. So in that sense, it's been great for us as an industry trend. It's also gotten everybody talking about user interface and user experience. And, um, and you know, Ben Betterson, Dr. Betterson at the University of Maryland and I have, have been working in mobile UI and, and um, high, you know, sort of lush user experiences now for more than a decade each. So this is really validating to the direction that we've been moving in. Um, in terms of our specific strategies uh, for the iPhone, we're actually looking at it um, with a fresh eye. So we have all this very cool back-end data center that we've built that synchronizes content down to each of our tiles. And we're trying to think uh, sort of big thoughts about how to use the iPhone as a way to extend that, not just as a way to consume mobile widgets, but what are other kind of creative, big, bold things that we can do around iPhone as a platform for sponsored content. So we're certainly not looking at it as competitive. We're trying to, you know, it, it's, it's in many ways validates a lot of the things that we've been saying over the course of the last four years. So we really want to, you know, embrace it and, and try and focus, um, focus resources on developing it. We're also thrilled to find that um, there's a, you know, this new native SDK j is just awesome. I mean, I think in many ways the announcement of the open SDK for iPhone for us was more important than the introduction of the iPhone in the first place because the fact that we have now programmatic access to a lot of the sexy features of the iPhone, the, you know, the accelerometer, 3D accelerated graphics, um, you know, direct manipulation touchscreen with multi-touch, all these really cool features that we can actually now write real uh, native code to take advantage of is very, very exciting to us. So from that perspective, um, you know, we're quite excited about the iPhone. But more importantly, I think, you know, I, I credit Apple for really uh, getting, one, getting everyone's um, headspace to a different place to think about the mobile device as a more general purpose, you know, sort of more lush piece of hardware. As Steve has done throughout his career, so more of it. Hey, w one more uh, question on, on sort of the converged device. Um, do you foresee, you know, these devices evolving to actually include music? I know some of them do already, but, I mean, I still see the kids, mine included, that have their mobile phone, they still have their iPod. When are those going to get together? And I was in... Uh, Korea not too long ago, and everybody's watching television on their on their mobile phone. Uh, you know, how about that as an application in the U.S.? Just some thoughts from you. Sure. Yeah. Great point. I actually think that there's a there's a third pillar, which is gaming. So I think it's uh, it's music, right, video, right. and gaming. I totally agree. And you know, the analogy that I use for this is uh, I mentioned this in the, in the beginning of the show, but I think that we're we're entering a really interesting time where. You know, it, uh, we're going to see a category killer in one segment, whether it's the iPhone or some iteration of the Android device or something that, that does such an effective job beyond its core competency of being a phone that it actually might hop segments and become the hottest media player or the hottest gaming device. So like, much like how, um, you know, Walmart popped out of its category and started, you know, one category killer would kill another category like Toys R Us, we're starting to see that, I think, with mobile devices, where one device will be so good, and because of the efficiencies um, of convergence, being able, you know, have to, having to only carry one device and um, only having to feed and, and charge one device, I think we're going to see some examples where 
the, the iPhone might actually give Sony a run for their money on their handheld or Nintendo. And I think that this convergence is really going to shake up the market quite a bit. Now, what's going to happen as a result is that players like Sony and Nintendo and play, you know, creators of, of media players are going to have to start thinking of those devices as cellular handsets as well. So even if, you know, I think that convergence isn't just going to be from the cellular industry out. It's going to be from all these other very strong pillars of consumer electronics in. And that the end result is going to be, of course, awesome, not only for consumers but for marketers, because we're going to have a really fertile ground to create very, very sexy brand experiences across all these different pillars. So, yes, I, I think video, specifically audio, video, and gaming, we're going to start to see coming aggressively into the handsets um, from you know a bunch of different players that had competency in those areas. Hey, um, since you mentioned it, um, maybe a lot of our listeners don't know completely what Google's up to with Android. Maybe you could spend a couple of seconds telling, telling us what Google is really doing with that project. Sure. Um, so it's interesting because when the iPhone was introduced, there was lots of web and blog speculation about the forthcoming G phone, which you know people. Uh, it, it's easy for people to wrap their minds around the concept of a of a hardware device like the iPhone, um, and so in a result, it got called the G phone, and people weren't sure if it was going to be a hardware offering. It turns out that it is not a specific hardware product from Google, but instead, it's actually much more of a sort of Microsoftian approach of a platform. They've launched this Open Handset Alliance, which is a collaboration of a bunch of companies in the mobile ecosystem to create kind of a next generation platform for handsets. And there's quite a bit of um, variation in what an Android handset can be. Uh, Android is the brand for Google's mobile platform. Um, it could be a touchscreen device. It can be a traditional device with up, down, left, right um, action. There's a couple of core features that are offered as part of the platform, you know, basic shell controls and, of course, mapping and many of the other features that you would expect from a Google platform offering. But really, think of Google's Android platform very much like uh, you think about the Microsoft's Windows mobile platform. It's really a seed and a collection of core applications that different OEMs and handset makers and carriers can, um, can target as the operating system for next-generation phones. So in that way, G Phone and you know, what is now called Android is really much more of a, of a strategy about creating a platform for um, mobile device manufacturers and carriers. Speaking of Google, how important is search to, uh, to the, uh, the new and the future mobile paradigm? Great question. Uh, Google is our search partner, in fact. So um, we have sort of uh, interesting bedfellows in the Zoomobi platform because uh, our, um, our retail partner is Amazon, our distribution partner is Microsoft, and our search partner is Google. So we're really thrilled to have that kind of um, partnership in place. Um, I think that there's two patterns of use on mobile. I think search will always be, be important. Of course, mobile search is super important. Um, I think you know, trying to find location-based services or trying to identify um, you know, a nearby restaurant or, or uh, some type of entertainment venue is going to be a very, very popular channel. I actually think that both Google and um, Microsoft, actually, with their live family, have some very cool location-focused search, uh, search experiences. Um, but I also think that when mobile, there's going to be a blurring between search and browse. You know, on, on the desktop, on desktop computing, those two are very distinct experiences. You, you'll go to a portal and you'll browse, and then you'll actually sh change kind of modes and you'll search for something and get back a response. But usually browsing is about monitoring RSS feeds and your blogs, and searching is about a very targeted uh, hunt. 
we found, we've done a lot of consumer insight testing around how people use mobile widgets, some of the earliest consumer insight testing on that. And what we found is this concept of snacking. Um, so users, when mobile, aren't likely to go and spend a lot of time at a site or in an application. They're much more likely to fly in, get a nugget of information, and fly back out. Um, this idea of instead of creating uh, sticky experiences, really creating bouncy experiences. So whether it's search or browse, I think those are all becoming, you know, it's going to be a fluid interface between those, whether you're um, browsing to see what movies are playing in a nearby theater when mobile, or you're actually searching for a specific um, movie. Uh, those are going to be very blended together, and a lot of those will be served by specialized widgets. But I think that, um, I do think that search is, is important on mobile, but actually I think that it, um, unlike on the desktop where we segment those two thoughts between search and browse, I think they're much more fused around um, hunting down mobile content. You know, when when uh, you know marketers started to understand the internet and the web, and my guess is it really didn't get into full swing till about '96 or 1997. You know, the talk was, well, gee, of a hundred percent marketing budget of a big branded company. I mean, take like one a customer of yours like Nike. You know, they might have thrown one percent of that budget to the web. Now they're throwing. You know, 10, 12 years later, they're throwing 35% of their budget to the web. Help our marketers understand, you know, what proportion of, of monies, where do they start, you know, how do they start to get involved in, in the mobile marketing side of things, and how fast do you see um, budgets ramping, in, you know, in the category? That That is an awesome question, and actually – a question, as you can imagine, that we care dearly about. So we're actually yeah. seeing some interesting things um, with the brands with, with whom we're talking. First of all, as was the case with the web, there's there's a wide range of sophistication around mobile today. So when you talk to a brand like Amazon, they're actually extremely sophisticated when it comes to you know what mobile means and how users use their site when mobile, and they're highly sophisticated in thinking about embracing mobile as the next platform. We've been super impressed with their level of, um, of thought and forethought on this. Um, and so in that case, they're actually thinking of mobile as a pretty serious slice. I, I don't think I could articulate by percentage, but a pretty serious slice of, of how they're reaching out to their customers. They have a huge engineering team focused on building um, support for mobile technologies. I mean, they're very, very sophisticated. Um, in other brands, some of the larger brands, we're finding that Mobile is still under that bucket of, you know, experimental dollars. As you know, there's always some, you know, bucket of experimental dollars just, you know, thrown at the agency to say, kind of do interesting, cool things. So in that way, the agencies actually love us because, you know, with the Zoomobi, they can walk into one of their brands, particularly a brand that has a high impedance match for BlackBerry users, for example, and they can say, look, here's a, here's a, a product offering that is, um, you know, that, that's sexy and cool and wrapped up in this video game-like interface, and we can put your brand, you know, front and center in this experience. So th right now we're still getting a lot of tiles made just as a result of that experimental dollars. A phenomenon, though, that I've just started seeing is the question is, to, in order to increase that percentage, what, which budget are we going to cannibalize, right? So what are we going to steal from? We're going to steal from television, we're going to steal from their web budget, the kind of conventional wisdom would tell us that they're, that we would steal from um, from interactive budget, but actually I think that that's probably not what's going to happen. What we're seeing happening is cannibalizing some of, for example, radio budget, because everybody's walking around with ear, white earbuds, nobody's listening to the radio, they're listening to their iPods and iPhones, and so I think that 
being able to give um, marketers and advertisers another channel on a mobile phone, which will actually speak to somebody through a sponsored widget on their BlackBerry or their Windows mobile phone, is an interesting uh, alternative when the user's out of the home to radio. So in that way, I think that's the first budget that we're actually going start to start to see. And more reason to listen to web radio like we're doing right now. <laughs> exactly. Uh, makes it easier. Hey, we're, we're starting to run out of time, John. I always ask this question of my guest, uh, the, the last question, whether it be on the web or maybe it's a, a fun mobile game or application, is there any really fun uh, thing that uh, you've noticed and that you've been going back to that you want to share uh, with the audience that, that they could try? Um, actually, I'm glad you asked. I think my, my one recommendation whenever I uh, do talks on mobile experiences is a lot of people are looking for inspiration um, on other mobile applications, which is why a lot of these applications look the same, up, down, left, right, action, two soft keys, a list of text. Um, and what I would encourage our audience and our listeners, if you're really trying to grok and wrap your mind around what mobile means in terms of creating next-generation um, user experiences, the, the best market to look at is uh, mobile gaming, because I think that Nintendo and Sony really understand what it takes to create an engaging mobile experience and actually what these small devices are even capable of. They're capable of a lot more than I think most of the mobile software vendors, um, even, even some of the mobile platform vendors give them credit for. So my recommendation would be if you look at some of these you know, really elegant uh, experiences on handheld games, whether they're branded or not, I think you'll be equal parts surprised and impressed with some of the very, very slick experiences, you know, Loco Roco on the PSP. I mean, a lot of very innovative, fun, engaging experiences. And because I think that we're going to see a lot, you know, this future generation of branded experiences, even if they're not games. You know, most of our tiles are not games, yet they're all informed by these interaction models that are really lush and uh, sexy and high frame rate and colorful. And I think that that's really what's going to inform design. So my recommendation would be, you know, borrow your, your son or daughter's, uh, you know, handheld Nintendo and play around with it a little bit to really get some fresh ideas about branded experiences. Sounds like fun. John Sangiovanni, co-founder of Zumobi, one of the hottest mobile companies in the universe. Thanks for joining us today. Awesome. Thanks very much for your time. And thanks, everybody in the audience, for listening to today's Market Edge conversation. Tune in again next Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time in the U.S. at webmasterradio.fm. This is Larry Weber. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.